You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the Voice of Reason, risk mitigation expert and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. Have you ever had somebody that was difficult to talk to? Or maybe a boss that is just kind of over the top and you don't know how to go about having those hard conversations. You don't know how to manage those hard conversations. Well, my guest today is Jerry Fu, and he is helping leaders adapt. He's literally out there working with people on how to manage those hard conversations. Jerry, welcome to the show today. Hey, Justin, thanks for having me. So I, I know a lot of people have fear of conflict. They, they, they are scared to have conversations with difficult people or um, they're afraid to rock the boat or they're afraid to speak their mind. Wh- wh- where does that come from, first and foremost? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we all just want to feel like likable people, right? And we don't want to engage in situations that may compromise that identity or right or show that maybe we're a little more selfish or lazy or cowardly than we'd like to admit that we we don't want to admit that we get scared in tough moments and so you know one response to that right is to fight through it right some people who aren't afraid of challenges they just say hey i'm just going to charge ahead like you know Patton said when in doubt attack right They're like okay you know but then other people say well you know the other option, if I'm not willing to go through it, is just to avoid them altogether. And so as long as I avoid tough situations, no one will know how how bad I am or ineffective I am because I don't give them even an opportunity to show that I'm incompetent. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. that you, the, I see both of those in the work that we do in the world as well, of people mm-hmm. wanting to avoid the conflict because they either want to be liked or they don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much? How much would you say that actually stepping into a conflicting situation, a hard conversation, how much would you say is, is actually um, of, from that, from like a psychological mindset perspective, how important is it to have those conversations for our own personal growth? Oh, they're essential. Um, you know, you have a comfort zone. That's nice when you need to recharge, right? Like we will make fun of people who binge on Netflix, but honestly, if like you've had a hard day, you know, as long as you, you know, cap that recharging at like two hours or so, and it doesn't turn into like a six hour marathon. Sure. You know, why not stay in your comfort zone, recharge a little bit. And as you and I probably know, but just to make sure everyone else is on board with this growth will never happen inside your comfort zone. Right. Um, You can't expect to improve at anything just by staying comfortable. And, you know, so for people who have been, you know, uh, through this process and are on the other side and realize, Hey, you know what? Uh, closure is so much more uh, beneficial and and relaxing than comfort, right? Because, you know, and and my own conflict aversion, you know, and I I am conflict averse, but the difference now is that I have a system to kind of, kind of compensate when I want to betray myself, right? It's kind of like if I go to the gym, right? And it's like everything in me, I tell people, they're like, wow, Jerry, you're so disciplined. I'm like, no, there are plenty of mornings. I'm just like, I don't want to do this. But I know that as long as I put my socks on 
And then I get to the gym, which is only two miles away. It's like, can I just put my socks on? Can I just drive two miles? Can I just get started on pull-ups? Right. And now I'm just kind of like finessing my own momentum forward. And next thing you know, I'm halfway through my workout and even my body will tell me, you know what? You could just stop like right now. It's kind of like a, a partial victory. Like you could round up Jerry. It's like, no, nah, you know what? I, I came this far. I better finish the workout. And you kind of use the sunk cost bias to kind of like, you know, feel like, well, I came here, I better finish and then go home. And then I go home and I'm like, oh, just so relieved that I, I got that over with. So on one hand, I could just design a, a more fun workout and that's one incentive and that's one approach. But for the days where, you know, you have to grind and grit, sure, you know, just have a system in place so you don't give in to your lazy, selfish side. Mm, I love that. What's that, what's that old saying, you know, uh, when you're going through hell, the only way through it is to run. There you go. I love that. Yeah, exactly. You may as right. well. It's like, if you're going to be here, you know, if the Titanic's sinking, just throw a party. <laughs> it's just it, like, it, oh. yeah. Yeah. That, 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 I, I love the fact that you use the, 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 the concept of the gym, the story of the gym, because I think that it, it's not just willpower. It's, it's, it's a willingness to know that what lies on the other side of it is everything that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so to bring the conversation back to conflict, right? When you realize, hey, you know what? I just need to move myself forward and make sure I lock the gate behind me so I can't default to my comfort, right? And that's why uh, the framework I use, one of the steps, the second step is 10 seconds of courage, right? And you say, okay, I can't be a superhero, but I can be a superhero for 10 seconds, right? Ooh. James Clear talks about this concept in Atomic Habits. Hey, just do what's the next incremental step forward. And so it's like, okay, if I have 10 seconds to just pick up the phone, send that text, send that email. And now, right now I can't take the bullet back once I shot it from the gun, right? You're just kind of like, okay, <laughs> no, the boulder's setting in motion. It's like, well, I can't stop it. So it's like, okay, well, you know, follow through. And, uh, you know, when you realize you, you give yourself no way out, um, that's when you realize, Hey, you know what? I have to move forward. I have to grow. I have to learn from this. And eventually you're like, Hey, you know what? Let me tweak my approach a little bit. You know what? I can still tweak it. Hey, this is pretty good, but what if it could be better? And now you're just not even worried about looking incompetent when you realize no one starts off an expert in this stuff, Justin. I used to think that for, you know, if you leader, you either got it or you don't, you're good at conflict or you're not. And then until you realize that most things in life fall into a skill set that you can improve. Right. And if you're willing to put in the work, you're probably going to get better. You may not be the best, but maybe the goal is just to get better. Ooh, good stuff. Uh, Jerry, where, where can people go find more information about you? Because I want to dive down this rabbit hole a little bit further on the backside of the conversation. But where can people go find more information about you? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, the main place is the website, which is www.adaptingleaders.com. Uh, you can get a free guide that you can download with my framework for how to handle difficult conversations. You can schedule a complimentary 30 minute call, or you can just check out the blog where I summarize useful, interesting leadership literature and offer other life hacks. I love it. Folks go take a look at Jerry's website. Look at the work that he's doing in the world. When we get back from this cut, when we get back from the break, we're going to dive down this rabbit hole a little bit further and expand out what and how to manage conflict in your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today.
Welcome back to Incorporating in Superpowers. My guest today is Jerry Fu. He's the CEO and founder of AdaptingLeaders.com. And we're talking about managing hard conversations. And Jerry, before the break, you were sharing a story about, you know, when you, you're stepping into a conversation, stepping into a situation, turn around, locking the gate behind you so you, you, you can't run away, you can't go back into your comfort zone and, and just working through those incremental steps, right? It's a concept that we teach on, on immediacy, right? What's right in front of you and dealing with it right now because otherwise it builds up. So so what, what are some of the techniques that you teach and train? What are some of the things that you, people can do right now if they're finding themselves uh, afraid to have a conversation? Maybe they're, they're, they're having, needing to have a conversation with their spouse or maybe they're needing to have a conversation with a friend or a boss. What are, what are some things that they can look at and do for themselves to 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 actually have get up the courage mm-hmm. to 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 have those conversations. Yeah, yeah. So the first step in my five step framework is to imagine what a successful conversation would sound like, right? And I say this step is important because until you believe that success is possible, you can't expect to uh, manifest any of it, right? Because what do people do in conflict? Oh, I don't know how this is going to go, but I just got to get in there. And it's just kind of like, mm, you know, if you're not expecting a good, uh, a, a good result, how do you expect to even obtain one? You're like, maybe I'll get lucky this time, you know, but maybe you're dying a thousand deaths before anything even happens. Maybe it's just as simple as asking your Hey, you know, I've noticed that there's a lot of dirty, just sink. you know, uh, would you mind, uh, putting a little more effort in to clean them up. And, you know, maybe the roommate's just like, oh yeah, sorry about that. I had a really rough week. Um, yeah, you know, let me let me be better about it, right? And maybe it could be that easy. Um, and then when you think, hey, you know, maybe this could be successful, you also think of the benefits, right? That come from having this hard conversation when you realize, you know what? It's, if I care about this person and they're important to me, you know, I this is the kind of thing I need to bring up to, you know, make sure that we can restore the relationship or get it to, you know, a workable point. Right. Because success might not mean restoring the relationship to 100%. Maybe it's the truth. Hey, you know what? Uh, it seems like we always, you know, really devolve into, you know, petty arguments whenever we bring up religion or politics. Can we just, you know, not talk about those anymore? Right. And just make a humble request. Right. Other times, you know, termination is what success is. Right. When you just say, hey, you know, today's your last day. You're going to have to move on. Like, you know, and, you know, it's not that. I'm thinking less of you, but I'm still going to treat you with dignity and you know, we're going to help you get back on your feet. You know, it just can't be here. Right. Um, and so I think when you realize, you know, the cost of inaction is worse than the cost of trying and failing. Um, <laughs> I think, I think when people realize that, you know what, it's just not going to get better on its own. I have to do something about it. Like it, I have my, it is an opportunity for me to do something about the situation you know, it just, it helps people. You don't have to take responsibility for anything that you, you know, that you aren't responsible for, but if it's in your, you know, domain and the ball's in your court, okay. Hey, you know, engage. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that there's hope for those that are having struggling with having those hard conversations and that the more they do this, the more they stepped into those hard conversations, the easier it becomes. Oh yeah. Practice, you know, repetitions make you better. Right. I mean, it's not, people think, oh, you need to a lot, like a certain amount of time. I'm just like, if you spend the next hour, just like daydreaming, like, I don't see how that's supposed to help you. But if you t- spend the next hour, Hey, let me role play with a friend on how to talk with this roommate who's defaulted on his rent. Okay. I got, you know, I, let me, let me, you know, have him uh, pretend and give me some possible things he might say to push back or get defensive. Okay. Let me think about how I'm going to respond to this. Um, 
And yeah, you know, at the very least, you know, like these problems aren't new, right? Someone else has probably already solved this. So at the very least, go read a book on it or just talk to me, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you don't have to skin your knee as much if you got Jerry around. But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like someone's that. probably solved your problem. These problems are not new, right? They might show up in different forms and new forms, or they might have their own nuance. But at the end of the day, we're all human, right? And so, yeah, these problems are not new. They're just new to you. And so, hey, <laughs> if you if there's someone else with more experience and the price is right, sure, hire them, right? Help me through this. Or even just friends that are willing to do it for free that you respect. Yeah. Now, how, how, how important do you think it is to like visualize the conversation, kind of play out the conversation in your mind with the person before you actually have the conversation. Oh, you would definitely want to visualize or audioize it, right? Because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, let me, let me think about, you know, making the free throw before I actually shoot it. Right. Um, so for example, let's, let's talk to people through an example, just so that uh, we're not just talking vague terms. So at one point I did actually have to evict a roommate. Like he, his job situation got weird. And next thing you know, his checks were late and then, or they bounced. And it's just kind of like, okay, nope, two months passed. He, that day, Justin, that the second, the, the second red check uh, was late, which meant that he violated his lease. That was the heaviest day in that house, Justin, I swear. Ooh. And, you know, and so in, in my mind, I have to imagine it's like, okay, how could this possibly go? All right. I, I give him the eviction letter, you know, I give him a time frame as to either, you know, pay up in full or be out in two weeks. Right. And now I have to anticipate, okay, he's going to probably beg. Oh, he's probably Ooh. going to insist that I'm being unfair or he's going to appeal to the fact that I'm a nice guy and that, you know, he just needs a little more time. Okay. Right. And I have to either talk to somebody else about, Hey, what are some things I can say to this? Right. And, you know, things like, Hey, rent don't stop just because you had a bad day. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> I've given you extensions. You haven't met any of them or, or, you know, take away the promise of money as, as leverage to buy more time. Right. Which is basically what he was doing. And he would keep giving me these vague promises. Oh, the money's coming. I'm working on, it, I'm working on it. And then at one point I just had to take that away. And I just had to write it off as a loss and just say, Oh, we'll call him Mike. I'm like, Mike, look, it's not about the money anymore. Um, you have, I've given you every extension you've asked for. You have nothing to show for it. If you do get any money, please use it to cover rent at your next place of residence. Thanks. And for some reason that was enough for him to realize I can't keep, you know, I can't keep stalling. Like, and I saw boxes yeah. where he started to move out. And I, I mean, I was stunned, honestly. Like, I'm just like, where did this come from? Like, I, I really don't know how I even kind of stumbled on that success, but you know, pigs find truffles, you know, sooner or later. Right. And so, but once you get a taste of that success and you start to study it, right. You can study failure that you're going to learn a lot more from failure than success. But once you start studying the bright spots, right. Then you're like, okay. Um, yeah. Get some friends opinions, get some, get, read some books on how to handle conflict. Well, next thing you know, Hey, let me try this out for myself and okay. How can I tweak that approach? All right. Yeah. Because for me, I think what sets me apart when I deal with conflict is just to remember to treat the other person with dignity. Like they may have lost my respect, but that doesn't change the fact that I need to be very civil with them. Right. Mm. When Mike finally moved out, it was just like, all right, you know, thanks for the keys. Good luck with your next chapter in your life. Right. And, you know, it was tough. Just don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah. He's like, maybe hopefully I'll make you proud of me again, Jerry. And in my mind, I'm like, why don't you pay back the rent? You owe me. Maybe I'll take you seriously. Right. But I, you don't say that. <laughs> you know, you yeah. don't say that out loud, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, when you are embrace the idea that, hey, no one starts off an expert in this. If I And if I put in enough work and practice, 
um, among people in a safe place to fail. Maybe I'll, you know, train enough in a dojo and then finally I can fight out on the street. Hey, you know what? Um, let's do it. I like that. So, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is, is that part of this managing conflict is holding people accountable to the set agreements, not whether it be rent or whether it be, uh, you know, topics that are agreed upon discussing or not discussing, but holding people to their own agreements and speaking your truth. How, how important is it for people to speak their own truth when they're trying to manage conflict? Oh, here's the thing. And I, it took me a long time to embrace this, Justin, right? The, the blessing of conflict is that people are honest. Like you have to be because no one is going to pretend to be upset with you about something, right? Like they pretend when they're not upset, but they don't pretend if they're upset, right? Um, and so I think, yeah, conflict lets people realize, hey, you know what? This person is being honest with me about like broken expectations or something that was said that was hurtful, or maybe I hit a tripwire, you know, maybe I didn't take my shoes off when I, you know, went to an Asian person's household. It's like, oh crap, now there's conflict and they, they seem pretty upset with me. Okay. Let me, let's talk through this. And yeah, you have to be honest. And that's the blessing is that when finally conflict is out in the open, the, now you can actually have a real relationship because you realize, Hey, we don't have to agree on everything. Uh, we can still respect each other. You know, we can leave politics alone or religion alone, or just even preferences about punctuality uh, or, you know, a tone of voice or posture or things like that. Hey, but at the same point, okay, let me be confident that we can find an agreement that takes both of us, uh, that we can both compromise to and reach so that we both feel like we have some ownership in, in the finalized agreement. And, then, and- and in that space, when people are communicating truth, how important is it for people to manage their emotion in those situations? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's got to be a scale on a scale of one to ten. It's got to be an eleven, right? And so let's <laughs> let me go over a situation so that uh, you know people can really sink their teeth into this. So uh, at one point, I was at an international multicultural networking event, right? And this was in the middle of the Asian hate crimes that have been going on. And uh, so this older white gentleman comes up to me or, you know, I meet him, we'll call him Tim. And it's like, hey, Tim, nice to meet you. And, you know, he sees that I'm Asian and he's like, so let me ask you something. You know, these Asian hate crimes, like, are you seeing anything on your end? Like, are you getting hurt by this? Is this really that big a deal? And, you know, in my mind, right, I'm like, okay, I can take this one of two ways. One (laughs) is that he is implying that the media is just sensationalizing this for ratings. That is not that big a deal. And in my mind, right, I'm just like, people are dying. It's kind of a problem. But the second thing is to say, hey, you know what? Maybe he's he's genuinely curious about my situation. He's genuinely concerned for my own safety. And so I decided to stretch him a little bit. Not, and I'm not saying I'm like, I don't need anybody pat me on the back and be like, you showed him, Jerry. It's not. It's just, I hope that people can study this example and say, hey, you know what? What can I learn from this? And so this is what happened. And I told him, Justin, I said, hey, look, Tim, you know what? Let me run something by you. Let me see what you think of this. Did you know that Houston's Chinatown is built on discrimination? He's like, well, really? Like, what do you mean by that? I said, well, at one point, uh, the city officials all decided that the Asian, in order to prevent the uh, possible Asian threat of taking over the city, they decided to sequester all the Asians in the southwest part of the city. And to add insult to injury, they redraw the district in such a way that they don't even have a vote. Like they like, split it down the middle and they, that way they don't have any political clout. So oh, that's sound great. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's not. And, you know, am I thankful that no one has said anything disparaging to me or experienced any physical violence on my side? Absolutely. You know, I'm thankful for that. 
And there is a bigger system of discrimination that is not okay just because people aren't getting hurt. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. And I'm just sitting thinking, look, you know, whether this changes your mind, you know, it's not up to me, right? Like whatever, whatever's going on in his head, I don't have to solve that. But on one hand, on the other hand, it's like, okay, I'm not going to condone this. And at the same time, I'm going to show grace and let the other person save face because really we're just trying to be civil, right? And have a, have a meaningful thing and a meaningful conversation where we can stretch each other and get that level of discomfort, right? So it's like, you know what, maybe my, maybe my belief system, maybe, you know, there's some flaws and some, you know, some blind spots I need to, uh, you know, identify and evaluate. Uh, and even if all that did was just like stretch it for a bit and say, you know what, well, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm just not going to change my mind. It's like, well, you know, it's his decision. But to give people the confidence to say, hey, you know what, let me speak up and share my view in a way that might make people uncomfortable, but ultimately is respectful. I think that's uh, the turning point for any of us, Justin. I agree. I absolutely agree. It's it's being able to speak your truth while being will, giving people the benefit of the doubt and recognize they may not have the same perspective as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to find the common ground of like just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist or isn't going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and I think that's oftentimes where people come into conflict is that my version of reality is different than your version of reality and mm-hmm. we want to argue about it rather than try to understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it, to to build on that, that actually comes up with another good principle for those who are conflict diverse. And so to say, hey, if you're lacking courage, just use curiosity instead, right? Just lean into it. Hey, you know what? Tell me more about your perspective, Tim, right? Where'd you come up with this? Like what's going through your head, right? And now you realize you're not trying to gun up, gun up again for him. You're not trying to pin anything on him. You're not trying to embarrass him. You just say, let me just be curious, more curious about this guy and you know how he arrived at his thought process and you know the background that shaped his views. Right. And now you can actually have more compassion and empathy because you just want to be seen, heard and respected. And you want other people to be seen, heard and respected. Mm, good, good stuff. Compassion, empathy. Yeah. Great way of resolving conflict and being able to speak your truth without going into a place of judgment or, mm-hmm. you know, divisiveness. But it allows us to speak our truth, see other people's perspectives, and then we get to choose whether or not we want to engage further in those relationships or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. This the work that you're doing here, Jerry. It, it matters. We need more of this in the world. We need people to to be able to speak the truth without going to divisiveness, without wanting to defend their version of reality mm-hmm. while making somebody else's version of reality wrong. I, I love the work that you're doing. Thanks, man. Yeah, good stuff. One more time. Where can people go find more information about you? Yeah, yeah. The website uh, is www.adaptingleaders.com. And if you want just a direct link uh, to a landing page for the guide, go to adaptingleaders.com forward slash guide. And uh, yeah, just uh, please download, enjoy it, apply it, share it. Um, we, we hope that it pays dividends for you and your audience so that, yeah, you know, you have the courage to speak up and actually have that conversation with the boss that's passive aggressive or dealing with someone you're supervising who's underperforming, or even, you know, having that conversation with your parents about your career path and what they disagree with. You know, uh, this, this is this, there are so many possibilities with this framework and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how people apply it so that they can have uh, experience that closure and have that confidence say, you know what, I don't have to be afraid of challenges anymore.
um, because I'm going to keep dealing with them, right? Uh, when you move, when you master one, you move on to another, and that's not meant to discourage you. That's meant to encourage you, uh, so you can focus on the biggest and best things. Fantastic, folks! Go out there, take a look at adaptingleaders.com. Go take a look at that that uh, free download that Jerry is offering and the work they do. And if you're if you're struggling with conflict, if you have something going on in your in your life that you're you're not too sure how to manage, then reach out to Jerry. Give him a shout out. He can help to guide you through that process. Jerry, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk again soon. Fantastic, folks. Until next time, go out there, incorporate your own superpowers so you can change the world. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.